Welcome to the Rush Hour. Your daily dose of pop culture and entertainment news for your Rush Hour ride. Work sucks, but your commute doesn't have to. Buckle up and enjoy the drive with your host, stand-up comedian and power recapper, Dave Neal. All right, it's a Power Friday, January 12, 2024. How's everyone doing out there? Hey, guess what? This is my last recording from my studio here in Los Angeles, California. I'm going to be in my mobile studio for the next week. You might might not hear a difference. I use my Shure SM58 microphone, which is a $100 microphone, but right now I've got the Shure SM7B, my $400 microphone, and um, this will be put into a box and driven across the country. That's right. We got our Penske uh, moving truck. You know, they gave me such a deal. Uh, I got 10% off. It only cost $5,000. Can you believe? I should have bought the freaking truck. Either way, here's the deal, right? They, you know, moving trucks, U-Hauls, they come in different sizes, 10 feet, 12 feet. They're really cheap. They're like $80 uh, asterisks when it's a local move. But when you drive across the country, that's where they get you. So we go to the, we go to the Penske and they have a 16 foot moving truck. And I'm telling you, it ain't that big. We got furniture and gear. I got a whole crate of lighting equipment, but the next size up is 22 feet. The biggest difference between the 16 foot truck and the 22 foot truck is the, the 16 foot truck is like a a box truck like that you normally get when you move, but it's like, you know, the front of it looks like an F-150. It's like a normal cab. It's bucket seats or whatever. Well, the 22 foot truck is a diesel truck with literally, it's got like the bed of an 18 wheeler. I mean, it is an 18 wheels, but it's a lot of wheels. There's a lot of wheels on this truck. When you sit in it, the, the seat kind of bounces. It's on hydraulics. I was so nervous driving this, this, this moving truck home. It doesn't fit. It barely fits on the street. I got nowhere to park this thing and I'm moving baby, but either way, call me captain Dave because tomorrow morning I will be taking off for Tennessee. I will miss Los Angeles so much. Don't worry. I'll be back February 7th for my court date, but I am so excited to, you know, move into a house. I have a 15 year old basset hound who can barely walk He's been peeing on AstroTurf in our little backyard. I'm so excited for him to have spend the remainder of his days, hopefully longer than shorter, but I'm very excited for him to have real grass. I know, I know, I don't mean to spoil my dog, but we've been, you know, he spent the first decade of his life in a third story apartment. You know, he gets walks and zoomies, but it's that city living. Well, finally, he's going to have a backyard, even though his back legs no longer work. We're going to get him one of those little wheelchairs that he can zoom around in. God bless that furry, long-haired basset hound. Well, look, I have the most inspirational story in a long time to share with you. Are you familiar with Jelly Roll? No, not the food, the singer, the musician. Um, he is a, uh, I mean, self-proclaimed like former, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if he's a felon or what, but he's been through the criminal system. He's got face tattoos. He's a larger than life character. But let me tell you something. When he sings songs... He makes grown men cry. So three years ago, 
Jelly Roll released a song called Save Me. I'm going to talk about that in a second, but I'm bringing this up because Jelly Roll is in the news. He actually had an opening statement in Congress yesterday talking about a bill backing in, is an anti-fentanyl bill, and it's a powerful speech to Congress. It's six minutes long. I haven't listened to the speech yet. He says he was part of the drug problem in America, but is hoping to be a part of the solution now, taking a powerful stance against fentanyl in front of Congress. The country singer slash rapper was on Capitol Hill Thursday, where he gave testimony about his own experience in this department. I'm going to share his testimony in a second. But first, I wanted to bless you all with a song he uploaded to his YouTube channel three years ago. What you have to remember was at the time. He was kind of like a white rapper guy. Um, He was unaware of his full potential. I don't know if he understood how good his voice was, but I want to share with you a video that has 205 million views. This video, the pinned comment, you can go see it on YouTube itself, was Jelly Roll. And this is what he said, again, three years ago. He said, I know this is a little different for me, but I'm wondering if this should make the album or not. Y'all let me know below. Not only did this song make the album, but this song has led stadiums of grown men crying, and it's called Save Me. Here's the version that has almost a quarter billion views. I'm just going to share a little bit of this for you, and then we're going to play his speech. This is about the power of redemption, the power of authenticity, and the power of the voice. Somebody save me Me from myself Has been so long Living in hell They say my lifestyle Is bad for my health It's the only thing seems to help All of this drinking and smoking is hopeless but feel like it's all that I need Something inside of me's broken I hold on to anything that sets me free I'm a lost cause Baby don't waste your time on me I'm so damaged beyond repair Life has shattered my hopes and my dreams I'm a lost cause Baby, don't waste your time on me I'm so damaged beyond repair Life has shattered my hopes and my dreams ladies and gentlemen we're going to share more of Jelly Roll I hate to cut it off but we can't play the full song for you we'll end the episode with a little more Jelly Roll I'm going to share what he said to Congress it's going to blow your mind we'll be back right after this was missing the moon there were no shooting stars to use wishing on you Just washed them down. All right, 
right, again, we will wrap up with Jelly Roll. That's him singing Save Me, 200 million views. I tell you, I love his whole album. Uh, it's, I believe it called what... Uh, it's called Witch, Witsit Chapel. Uh, the album's about a church that he found after he had saved himself. And, you know, he's actually not just saving himself from addiction, but he's getting his health in order. We'll have more on that in a second. But uh, here's Jelly Roll, a.k.a. Jason DeFord, in his opening statement in an anti-fentanyl bill in Congress. Have a listen. Start with Mr. DeFord. Welcome. For your first committee hearing, I assume. Uh, forgive me, I'm a little nervous. I'm used to having a rock and roll band behind me when I have a microphone in front of me. Um, during the time that I've been given to share my testimony here, I think it's important to note before I start that in these five minutes I'll be speaking that somebody in the United States will die of a drug overdose, and it is almost a 72% chance that during those five minutes it will be fentanyl-related. Having started that way, Chairman Brown, Ranking Member Scott, and esteemed committee members, thank you for having me. I know this is a bit of a curveball, but I like a little baseball myself. My name is Jason D. Ford, but to most I am known as Jelly Roll. I, it is important to establish earlier that I am a musician and that I have no political alliance. I am neither Democrat nor Republican. In fact, because of my past, my right to vote has been restricted. Thus far, I have never paid attention to a political race in my life. Ironically, I think that makes me the perfect person to speak about this because fentanyl transcends partisanship and ideology, gentlemen and women. This is a totally different problem. And uh, I was speaking outside to the media, and I, I gave them a statistic that said 190 people a day overdose and die every single day in the United States of America. That is about a 737 plane. That's what about a 737 aircraft can carry. Could you imagine the national media attention it would get if they were reporting that a plane was crashing every single day and killing 190 people? Mm. But because it's 190 drug addicts, we don't feel that way. Because America has been known to bully and shame drug addicts instead of dealing and trying to understand what the actual root of the problem is with that. But the sad news is that that narrative is changing, too, because the statistics say that in all likelihood, almost every person in this room has lost a friend, family member, or colleague to the disease known as addiction. Amen. I've attended more funerals than I care to share with y'all. This committee, I could sit here and cry for days about the caskets I've carried of people I loved dearly, deeply, in my soul, good people. Not just drug addicts, uncles, friends, cousins, normal people. Some people that just got in a car wreck and started taking a pain pill to manage it. One thing led to the other. And how fast it spirals out of control, I don't think people truly, truly understand. So many people. Equally, I think it's important for me to tell y'all that I'm not here to defend the use of illegal drugs. And I also understand the paradox of my history as a drug dealer standing in front of this committee. But equally, I think that's what makes me perfect to talk about this. I was a part of the problem. I am here now standing as a man that wants to be a part of the solution. I brought my community down. I hurt people. I was the uneducated man in the kitchen playing chemist with drugs I knew absolutely nothing about, just like these drug dealers are doing right now when they're mixing every drug on the market with fentanyl, and they're killing the people we love. I'll be honest with y'all. My desire is to only get older and only do better and be better. 
I believed when I sold drugs genuinely that selling drugs was a victimless crime. I truly believe that, y'all. My father always told me, what doesn't get you in the wash will get you in the rinse. Now I have a 15-year-old daughter whose mother is a drug addict. Every day I get to look in the eyes of a victim in my household of the effects of drugs. Every single day. And every single day I have to wonder, if me and my wife, if today will be the day that I have to tell my daughter that her mother became a part of the national statistic. History repeats itself, gentlemen. Even in the 1990s, crack cocaine had long made its way into my middle lower class neighborhood. And at that moment, even as a teenager, you could have never convinced me in that moment that there would be a far bigger problem on the horizon in the form of a pharmaceutical drug. And then I watched opioids and Oxycontin burst onto the scene. I'm here to tell y'all that fentanyl is going to make the Sackler family look like saints. And I want to let y'all sit with that for a second. It is time for us to be proactive and not reactive. We were reactive with crack. We were reactive with opioids. And y'all are taking the first step at somebody in Senate finally being proactive. I truly believe in my heart that this bill, that this bill will stop the supply and can help stop the supply of fentanyl. But in part of being proactive, gentlemen and, and women I, and, and ladies, I have to be frank and tell y'all that if we don't talk to the other side of Capitol Hill and stop the demand, we are going to spin our tires in the mud. Y'all are taking the first step, but I encourage you to take it outside of this room and you take it to your colleagues and your constituents and you give them the most that you can. I know I've got a few seconds here and Senator Brown said I may or may not go over. Um, all I want to say is that I not only encourage y'all to do this, I encourage y'all to take it a step further. At every concert I perform, I witness the heartbreaking impact of fentanyl. I see fans grappling with this tragedy in the form of music that they seek solace in music and hope that their experiences won't befall others. They crave reassurance. These are the people I'm here to speak for, y'all. These people crave reassurance that their elected officials actually care more about human life than they do about ideology and partisanship. I stand here as a regular member of society. I am a stupid songwriter, y'all, but I have firsthand witnessed this in a way most people have not. I encourage y'all to not only pass this bill, but I encourage you to bring it up where it matters at the kitchen table. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Mr. D. Ford. That is Jason D. Ford, a.k.a. Jelly Roll, famous for a song called Save Me, and now he's saving others. Pretty heavy stuff, but in the best way possible. A true man, uh, not judged necessarily for his crimes and for where he started in life uh, but getting the respect for where he is now. We'll be back with more content right after this. I know, I know, it's a show about entertainment news, and sometimes it feels a little heavy for you guys. I hope this doesn't feel depressing. It's supposed to be really encouraging. It's it's heavy out there, and like Jelly Roll said, it's affecting all of us in one way or another. Now, I sort of made fun of one of our audience members last week who said that my content was depressing. And I, look, I hope people can understand when I'm jabbing at them and you know saying, oh, is this depressing? Is that depressing? But in the end, I want to listen to you guys and I want to give you content that makes you feel a certain way. Well, the commenter who told me I was depressing had an update, and this is what they said. Heard my review on the pod today and how you made fun of me the whole way through. I've supported you on all platforms, even the paid ones, so it's hurtful. Nothing wrong with constructive criticism. Still support you, just feeling sad, but here is your five stars back. Oh, look, now I feel bad. The codependent Dave feels bad. Listen, 
I like to share you guys like ongoing stories because I feel like it's a way to build some sort of investment. Like, you know, we've got the ongoing Clayton story. We've got other things and reviews. And I want to tell you, I wasn't me. I wasn't trying to make you feel bad. I was just having fun. And I, I hope I hope I can bring a smile to you. You know, when I, when I get a bad review, I don't know who it is. It, it's just a bunch of letters. You know, I don't get to see the person or know how long they've been a fan or whatever. So I'm sorry. I'm trying my best. You know, I understand sometimes there's some heavier topics than others. Look, there was a story today about a guy who threw his dog out the window. I didn't share that story. You know, there's some bad stories out there. My goal is to elevate your energy so that whenever you get to where it is you're going, you feel a little bit better than where we started. I want you to hear that, you know, uh, that intro song and feel a little bump of dopamine because, you know, your boy Dave's got the wheel here. That's what I'm hoping for. I understand we don't always get there, but I hope, I hope, uh, I hope you know that I'm not trying to take your constructive criticism in any sort of way. Uh, All right, so we're going to have some Bachelor content today. Uh, As you guys know, I've been covering Clayton Eckerd ad nauseum. He's the third of victims we know who has been swindled, it appears, from Jane Doe. The first named Mike, the second named Greg, and now Clayton's the third. Well, we've heard from Greg as he's shared lawyers with uh, Clayton, in fact, I actually might run into them over the weekend in my cross-country drive. I might actually get a chance to have a beer with some of these guys that have supported me as we've pursued truth and justice. Um, but we haven't heard much from guy number one. His name's Mike. And I tell you what, on today's YouTube channel, I've got a 30-page document that's going to blow your mind. It essentially shows that Jane Doe was pulling the same pranks on him years before Greg, years before Clayton. So if you wonder why we cover this, if it's outside the realm of celebrity news or gossip or whatever, it's because, you know, there's a segment of our audience that's wa- that wants to see what I want to see, which is justice come out. Last night I was on a YouTube stream called the uh, That Umbrella Guy. He's called Tug for short, That Umbrella Guy. He's made his name by covering the Clayton, uh, excuse me, by covering the Johnny Depp trial with V Amber Heard last year. And you know, I received some bad, some bad rap from people disappointed in me for going on his channel. But what it really was was two men. You know, my platform being celebrity news and you know trying trying to provide good vibes. And his platform uh, being, I guess, I think he's a uh, he works as a mental care a professional. Either way, we we teamed up and had a conversation, and I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I'm I'm glad to have talked to him. You know, I had I had a strongly worded emails from people asking me not to talk to him. I had people uh, uh, cancel their membership, saying I'm disappointed in you, Dave. And I don't take that lightly, but I am not regretting that I had that conversation with him. And I appreciate all of the new audience that have given me a shot. And uh, you know. There is uh, no such thing as a perfect world out there, but I do believe in imperfect people trying their best. And I do think, at least with this conversation, because I can't speak for everybody out there, but I do believe that he was trying his best to sift his way through this wild court case, this Clayton Eckerd court case, as I'm trying my best. Now, I wanted to share with you guys that I was 
you know, upset. You know, two things are true here when it comes to Clayton Eckert on Nick Files podcast. Okay, um, I'm glad for Clayton that he was getting the exposure from Nick, but I was also bummed out that it looks like Nick edited my name out of the coverage. Um, I don't need to share for you where that happens. I will make a YouTube video today addressing it because I don't think it's fair. It's uh, it's almost like the reverse plagiarism. It is uh, it is it, it is wasted energy for Nick or his someone on his team to sort of rewrite history when we have been, I think, fairly covering this case. Clayton mentions a podcaster named Dave Neal. He says podcaster Dave Neal, but they cut away and they change camera angles. And all you hear is him say podcaster. I asked Clayton, I texted him. I said, did you say my name? He said, I think I said it once. Um, but, um, you know, after getting dozens, if not hundreds of messages from people, they said, oh my gosh, they, they canceled you they edit you out of the conversation. And you might say, well, why should Nick share my name when I've been so critical of him? And my response to that is, well, I'm critical of his opinions on certain things like the UCAN Foundation and the way he exposed Katie by sh- Thurston by sharing her text messages when he blamed uh, Blake Horseman, you know, uh, for being hypocritical. Like that that's part of our channel is calling out some of the bullshit. It's not to slam people. It's just to say, you know, I think that's a little wrong. Well, I want to read for you the text message I sent to Nick Vial today or yesterday, excuse me, at 10.07 a.m. I told my audience, I, uh, if you go to Patreon, you'll actually watch me the moment I actually, and one of my Patreon videos was taken down actually, but I think this one wasn't, but I actually shared sending this message to Nick. Now I have Nick's phone number because he's called me before. When my channel took off, I got a DM from Nick that said, call me. And so I did. I called him up and I was like, I don't know what he wants to talk about. And he had nice words to say. He, he said he liked my channel. He thought I was doing good. And he said, you know, maybe he's going to be putting together a show, uh, you know, like a network and maybe I'd want to be a part of it. And um, in, in hindsight, what I've realized is, well, maybe he enjoyed my content. And by the way, he was quick to say, I don't tell people this. Like, I don't like a lot of the content, you know. So it was nice to get his respect, but I didn't really need it. My channel had already started to take off and I kind of knew I was doing the right thing. And the reason why he started to hear about me was because I started getting recommended everywhere. God bless the algorithm. Either way, I say all that because I never asked Nick for anything. In fact, he's asked me for more than I've ever asked him, which you'll find out about in this text message I'm going to say, I'm going to show you. And I'm not sharing this text message to put him on blast. I wrote this text message in part because I wanted him to know my feelings, but because I was going to share it with you guys with full transparency. Here's what I said yesterday at 10.07 a.m. after finding out that it appears as though he deleted my name from an otherwise important conversation. Hey, Nick. I really enjoyed the Clayton interview. I'm glad his story is getting out there. I had a question I hope you can provide some clarity with. Uh, did you or someone on your team intentionally edit out my name from your show? Some context. I'm sure you hear more of the criticisms of you than the positives, but I have always respected your business plan, providing healthcare for your employees, production value, etc. Sure, if you say something I disagree with, I comment on that on my opinion-based channel. I truly respect what you do. I'm a bit discouraged in thinking you would remove my name from the discussion. My audience deserves the credit for championing Clayton's story for the last four months. We've put pressure on press to cover it, funding Clayton's GoFundMe, etc. I'm even embroiled in a harassment lawsuit because I was one of the very few content creators covering this. While I'd never expect others to have my back, I did think there might be some goodwill and respect between the channels after you called me to let me know you appreciated the content I make. Uh, 
The only time you asked me to not cover a story, I gladly obliged. Look at it this way. I also have a baby on the way. I covered this story as fair as could be. And because no other channels covered it when it was most important, I was targeted with a frivolous lawsuit I'm now forced to defend. I understand there's competitiveness between content creators. I get why you wouldn't ask me to be on your channel. But if there was intention... Uh, if there was an intentional reason to edit out my name, I'd want to at least give you a chance to comment before I report on that. Glad Clayton is getting his story out. Good luck with all the baby stuff. It's super exciting to see. Feel free to comment or not, but I wanted to give you the chance to respond. I don't mean any beef, but respectfully, I think it's shady. Thanks for listening. Now, I'm sharing that with you because as my audience, you guys deserve to know uh, that I'm going to bat for you. I mean, look, it's awkward to text that to somebody. I don't want beef with anybody, but at the same time, you guys have been there for Clayton and you've been cut out of that story. Uh, Do you guys want me to share his response? Okay, fine. Look, I'll tell you his response. At the time of recording right now, as I record this podcast, here's what Nick had to say. All right, folks, we'll have more content later today. If he does respond, you know where to find it. Everyone have a blessed day. Again, YouTube's going to be lit on fire with all the content I'll be sharing with you. And don't forget, sometimes you need to save yourself. Here's Jelly Roll finishing us off with Save Me. I'm so damaged beyond repair. Life is shattered, my hopes and my dreams. I'm a lost cause. Don't waste your time on me I'm so damaged beyond repair Life has shattered my hopes and my dreams I'm Dave Neal. This is Bachelor Rush Hour. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you didn't, don't. Join the free Facebook group, Dave Neal's Community. Got cash? Become a premium member at patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Link in the description below. And don't forget to follow Dave on Instagram at dneals for upcoming stand-up shows. See you tomorrow on The Rush.